She began stroking him softly, hypnotically, in rhythm with her sobs. He relaxed into her caress until suddenly she touched the wrong spot on his head and pain flared through him. He wrenched away, hissing a protest, and leaped to the floor. Oh, poor Monty, she apologized. I forgot your head must be sore. Did it hurt you dreadfully when Wing collided with you? Come here and let me see if you've got a lump there. Come on. That's a good boy. I'll be careful. I won't hurt you any more. Let me just feel your head. Against his better judgment, he allowed himself to be coaxed back onto the bed. He moved slowly, cautiously, his head complaining all the way. Yes, it did hurt dreadfully, both now and when the accident had happened. Gently, Miranda's fingers probed the delicate spot between his ears, but not quite gently enough. He flinched away, involuntarily spitting at her. With the pain came a sudden flash of recognition. And memory. A disquieting double image formed in his mind, as though he was remembering the accident from both points of view. The giant form, hurtling towards the small furry body, the little head rearing back, ears flattened, eyes narrowed to terrified hostile points, the clattering of poles, slats and boards as the makeshift rehearsal set collapsed around them, then the crash and the blinding pain on both sides as they collided head-on. Head-on, forehead to forehead. He had read somewhere that the essential elements of personality were contained in the frontal lobes of the brain. In the force of the encounter, had some sort of mad exchange taken place? It was some sort of explanation, anyway. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio. There was another remembered pain, though, one not quite simultaneous with the collision, but just slightly preceding it. A sharp shooting pain in the small of his back. His back, or Monty's. He had seen one of the stagehands slam a broom handle across Monty's back once. After he had threatened the stagehand with dismissal, it had never happened again. Or was it just that he had never caught the man doing it again? Poor Monty, Miranda crooned. It's a hard life. She had no idea how hard. He nudged her perfunctorily with his nose, already trying to project his problems into the future trying to find some solution to them. Oh, Monty, Monty, Monty. Miranda held him close as the tears overwhelmed her again. Oh, win, win, win. What are we going to do? The knock at the door startled them both. Automatically, Miranda glanced at the clock again. Still just a few minutes past four. She'd only just spoken with St. Monica's. There was no time for Wynne to have died and a policeman to be mobilized to come and break the news to her. They wouldn't do it that way, would they? Not when she had just been talking to them. Are you all right, dear? The doorknob turned, the door swung open. It's me, Totty. I heard your voice. Were you calling? I couldn't be sure. Oh, Totty. Miranda had forgotten that their old friend and current wardrobe mistress had volunteered to stay the night. In case. In case of what was tactfully not specified.
and while Miranda did not expect to break down even if the news were bad, she found that she was not averse to having a friendly presence nearby. I've just been talking to the hospital, and, Miranda admitted with a rueful smile, the cat, Monty's good company. Totty came over and perched on the side of the bed, reaching out to stroke the cat. He's deserted his Totty tonight. He knows you need him more. There's no change, Miranda answered the unspoken question. I didn't expect there would be. It's too early, isn't it? The hand stroking Monty's fur tightened convulsively and he knew there was more wrong than Totty was admitting. These things take a while. I suppose so. Miranda drew a deep, unsteady breath. At least he's getting the best of care.